Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Saturday morning to you, wherever you may be in the mix of Labor Day weekend. A happy Labor Day weekend to you as well as uh, we uh, work our way through uh, the weekend. You know, you're you're in radio, you work on Labor Day, Christmas, whatever it is, you're here to entertain. So you, you're here, right? You're here, you do it, and uh, you, uh, you know, and you, and you love it because this is what you love to do. Anyway, this is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. Uh, as my friends have called me for years and years and years and years and years. And we uh, get together for an hour every Saturday morning and talk about cars right here on 1150 KKNW in Seattle, our flagship station, as well as uh, all over the world on the Internet. I mean, we have people uh, that watch us on Facebook Live from uh, India, from England, from Canada, uh, all over the place. Uh, So it's really kind of kind of cool to think that you reach this uh, large audience of people uh, on the internet as well as uh, you do on uh, just, you know, if you're beaming it out on terrestrial radio. So, it is Labor Day weekend. We will, a little bit later, have our tribute to the work truck for you. Now, usually on Labor Day weekend, they do a tribute to uh, America's workhorse, the pickup truck. And I think that it's easy to say and consider that the pickup truck is, by and large, uh, the biggest worker in America for the average person. Now, I'm not talking about 10-wheel, 15-wheel, 18-wheel, you know, uh, uh, trucks. I'm talking about uh, basically that truck that you buy, that you throw your tools in the back of, or in the cab next to you, and you drive it home, leave the house in the morning, get in your truck, and go to whatever your job is, whether it be uh, HVAC, uh, whether it be uh, repair, you know, of, of whatever various things. A truck, though, that you have to tote stuff with you, and you're not afraid to get it banged up. You know, if you you can take a uh, you know ton and a half floor jack and throw it in the back, and it's not going to ruin your day if you get a scratch in the bed of the truck. So that's that's a work truck. But in doing the pickup trucks, I realized that I was leaving leaving out a large number of work trucks, and that is people with vans and. Um, like Suburbans. And as I was talking to uh, my buddy Mikey Knight yesterday, you know, the, the Chevy Suburban and uh, the Dodges before that and the Fords, I mean, they all had those panel trucks uh, that were always used uh, for deliveries, for, uh, you know, I think most uh, butchers had them. I mean, it was a lot of very cool trucks. Uh, that came out in the 30s, 40s, 50s, um, that were work trucks, that were trucks that either, you you know, that you would drive to use for work during the week, and then on the weekends, you know, you stick your wife and your kid in there, two kids, and, you know, you take them off to the lake, or you uh, tr- pull a trailer along with you, or all of those things that uh, that people do. With trucks, the definition of a pickup truck today is much different than when I grew up. When I grew up, um, very few people babied their pickup trucks. Uh, it was actually uh, an odd to see uh, a clean pickup truck. And I, I mean, I, my father had, I think the first pickup truck I remember that he had well he had a he had one of those chevy suburbans i think it was a 48 chevy suburban that he had bought off of somebody and i remember driving in the back of that thing out to the junkyards and and 
he would, you know, and that was the gas station kind of road service truck. So it was a work truck, but it was, you know, it, it was a truck. It wasn't used as a car. Nobody used a pickup truck, or hardly anybody, except for farmers. Farmers would, uh, many farmers, not all, but many farmers, would take their uh, pickup trucks, load the kids in the back, and head off to church on Sunday morning. You know, you could go to, to uh, you know, through a rural area and look outside the church and you'd see station wagons and you'd see pickup trucks parked out there. Because, you know, people in those days didn't buy four or five cars. Maybe they had a car, maybe they had a truck, maybe they just had a truck, maybe they had two trucks. They bought what they needed for the farm, but that work truck also served them to take them where they needed to go uh, with the family. And if you couldn't fit the family in the truck, and usually that was the case if you had more than one kid. Now, if you had two small kids, you could fit them in that seat. There were very, very, very few four-door pickup trucks. The only time you saw a four-door pickup truck in, uh, let's say, 1970. I know that, uh, matter of fact, I had a 1971 four-door pickup truck that I owned. Uh, and it was one of the only ones that I had ever seen. It was I bought it from, I think it was a, a, an old railroad pickup truck, so they had to have the crew in there, where henceforth the name Crew Cab. You know, I had four full-size doors and full-size seat in the back, and then a um, you know a pickup bed, a, a six-foot pickup bed in the back, six and a half-foot pickup bed, and it <clears throat> it was a great truck. We almost took it to California. Uh, almost on one of my trips out to out to California, and then, but for some reason it wouldn't go, and so we wound up taking my sister's Falcon, and I've talked about that trip already, and that's uh, you know, <laughs> sorry. I always have to say whenever I mention that trip, I always have to say sorry uh, to my sister because I, I, you know I we tortured her on that trip, but we were young and stupid. How did I know she would be? Uh, one of the best things to ever happen to me in my life. So we'll talk more about that as it comes up a little bit later today. I wanted to spend a couple of minutes here. You know, when, uh, when I, and this, there's some car news, but I don't know if there's anything um, incredibly major that has come out uh, this past week uh, around cars that I would say, oh my God, you got to know about it. Uh, I think Ford had a recall, a pretty fairly big recall. But other than that, I don't know that we have a, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of a lot of news this week. I mean, this is a week where things slow down a bit. And uh, oh yes, one thing: if you want to buy a Maverick pickup truck, uh, Ford has opened up the orders again. Remember, they sold all of them out. They sold all that they could make. Well, they're building a second factory to produce the Maverick, which is becoming uh, the people's car of America. I mean, people are buying these things, whether they live in a city, whether they live in a country. It is, uh, I think, going to be the most popular truck uh, that Ford has ever introduced. They cannot, literally cannot keep up with the demand. So that's why they shut down the list two months ago, I believe it was, and they opened it up September 1st. So if you want to buy one of those Mavericks, you want to order one, you can go uh, to Ford.com, and I'm sure that they will take your order and um, be happy to sell you one. And the Maverick, of course, is the smaller size pickup truck that... um, is so impressive. Uh, we drove one weeks ago, well, months ago actually, when it first uh, hit the hit the streets. And okay, I'm a little biased because I'm one of those people that think that pickup trucks should be smaller than they are. I think we've gotten outrageous. <laughs> you know, I'm saying that whether you see what the Yo Vinny is for this week, uh, but <laughs> the size of trucks have gotten outrageous. And you look at these these big behemoths and you can't even see if a kid's walking in front of you. 
Uh, I had that uh, that big Chevy um, off-road package Silverado a couple of weeks ago, and I swear, you had a paint on the side, you must be this tall to ride. That's how big the thing was. But uh, the Maverick is uh, is smaller, much more manageable, easy to park in the city, and uh, a winner for Ford. And if you're in the market for a, a pickup truck and you're one of those people say, you know what, I, I, I need the pickup truck for the house. Go do, you know, but yet I'm going to take the family. Perfect truck. Perfect truck. Four doors, seats five comfortably. You could probably jam six in there if you want to, but seats five comfortably, and it's a great little truck. So, anyway, um, when I was uh, growing up, there was uh, Labor Day, Memorial Day, July 4th. You would consistently hear over the weekend on the radio <clears throat> the national death toll uh, for Labor Day weekend in auto accidents is 392 or 485. There was always a, a crazy number of people that were killed in car accidents on this Labor Day weekend. And it's actually, believe it or not, according to a study uh, that I looked at this week, because I was, I was kind of um, interested, because we don't do that anymore. We don't post, you know, you don't hear the radio guy on the national news come on and say, well, you know, uh, this weekend uh, the National Safety uh, Council says that uh, the official death toll is 227, you know. You don't really have that anymore. And that was a staple of Labor Day weekend. Uh, They, you know, tried to drive it home to you, no pun intended, that this was a dangerous holiday and it piqued me a bit because of that announcement which you don't hear anymore or at least i haven't heard it i listen to radio pretty much and i haven't heard it in years but there it doesn't mean a holiday is any less deadlier they're not just they're just not telling you about it that seems to be what has happened here so I wanted to just quickly run by some of the some of the stuff in this study that um, I wanted to share with you. So this is from an organization called Jerry. Uh, it's an insurance auto insurance uh, review app, I guess, or company, and they will you know if you want auto insurance, you can go to their app and and put your numbers in, and they'll tell you how much you can, how cheaply you can get insurance. Um, and it's also piqued me too when I read this because last night I went by Dick's over here uh, in Edmonds, and the place was jumping with cars, all kinds of cars. There was probably a hundred bikers there too, uh, but it was really a scene. It was a car show, all in itself really was uh, unbelievable. If you ever get a chance to go up there, I mean, I'm sure they'll do it a few more nights, Friday or Saturday nights, this uh, before the weather gets uh, crappy. Uh, but it was really unbelievable, uh, the amount of people that were up there. And, you know, it's the week before you go back to college and go back to school. So it was a lot of cars up there. And thankfully, I had a cool car to drive this week, so I didn't look like a you know, a, a stalker or something like that. But anyway, the uh, unofficial end to the summer driving season is Labor Day, and it ranks as the deadliest summer holiday for traffic fatalities, the second deadliest holiday all year after Thanksgiving. You believe that? The Thanksgiving is the deadliest holiday. The most frequent casualties on Labor Day are young people, 16 to 25. They studied a 10-year period uh, from, I think it was 2011 to 2020. And they looked at the uh, holiday, Labor Day holiday period traffic deaths. 16 to 25 
was the biggest group of people that were killed. 26 to 35 was the second, and then it went down as, as you go to age 65 plus uh, being the lowest one, except for kids under 16. Uh, and more people died in vehicle crashes during Labor Day than either Memorial Day or Fourth of July during the decade ending in 2020. The fatalities rose for 10 straight years. Saturdays are the single deadliest day during the Labor Day holiday period. But the worst six-hour stretch is 6 p.m. to midnight on Friday night. The deadliest single hour is um, 9 o'clock on Fridays. Crashes involving alcohol, 60%. Involving speeding, 41% of the 16 to 25-year-olds. Less in the older group, uh, but not much. When it comes to alcohol, 56% of the crashes involved alcohol, 24% involved speeding. Uh, Friday night is the deadliest time, but Saturday the deadliest day, followed by Sunday, then Monday. And um, the states with the highest death tolls, the three most popular states, twice as many crash fatalities as any other state. California. Texas and Florida, followed by New York, Pennsylvania, Georgia, North Carolina, Illinois, Ohio, and Missouri. Uh, Washington, not in that uh, top list there. 625 deaths in that period. And the per capita, uh, which hits states differently because obviously less population. Alaska was number one. New Mexico, Montana. Uh, let's see, West Virginia was down there. Kentucky, Oklahoma, Alabama. Traffic fatalities per 100,000 people during the Labor Day holiday. The cities with, and I found this to be fascinating. The cities with most fatalities. Los Angeles had 46. Dallas Charlotte, Louisville, Houston, San Antonio, Chicago, and then right in a row, Flushing, Queens, which is where I'm from, Jackson Heights is right next door, and Middle Village, which is right next door on the other side to Jackson Heights. You have Woodside and then Middle Village. And... Um, I think Glendale might be stuck in it, but I and I don't don't know if this was because there was some kind of mass fatality in there or what. But if you live in Flushing, Queens, or you live in Middle Village, where I have cousins that still live there, please be careful. My aunt lived in Flushing up until she passed away a couple of years ago. So, uh, you know, the the bottom line here is that. It is the dangerous holiday, and if you drink and you are under 25, your danger goes up like crazy. Your danger expands like crazy. Your danger becomes so much more so. If you have a kid, if you know some young kid, do what you can to encourage them not to drink, not to speed, um, I try to go and talk to some kids up at Dick's and just, uh, I mean, I don't preach to them or anything like that, but, you know, you try to at least say, hey, you know what, this can be, you know, I, I, I've been through this, I know how this works, uh, I used to do this when I was your age, and I know they probably think it's some crazy old man that drives nice cars, but I try to get, get it across that these, especially now that most of the hot rods you see, you know, when I was a kid, we had, you know, Chevy Impalas that were made out of steel. You know, I mean, you know, you drive a 55 Chevy into a pole, I mean, you got a fairly good chance of walking out of there, depending on how fast you're going. But 
at a reasonable speed. You had a fairly good chance. You know, these little... Now, of course, cars have airbags these days and other safety systems, but a lot of these cars that these kids are hopping up, these little Honda Civics and Acuras and and uh, so on and so forth like that, are tin cans. And when you hit them, I mean, the safety equipment certainly helps you to seatbelts and the airbags and everything, but still. One more thing, the most fatalities by county and road. Nathan, I'm going to bring you in here. Uh, my good friend Nathan, the, uh, the the fine producer of this program. How are you, Nathan? Good morning, Vinny. I'm doing great, and happy Labor Day weekend to you and to you all. Uh, happy Labor Day to you, too. So, Nathan, I'm going to give you a shot here at guessing... The number one deadliest stretches of road, deadliest stretch of road, I should say, in the United States on Labor Day. Now, I'm going to, I'll make it easier for you. I will just ask you the state that it's in. Okay, I'm going to just have to go with Washington since you're bringing me into this. No, no, that's not the reason I brought you in because I like you, but you know. (laughs) Uh, no, not Washington. Uh, Washington does not figure anywhere on these lists for some reason. All right, then uh, how about, I don't know what state it is, and I want to say New York, but on the East Coast somewhere, the Tail of the Dragon, what state is that in? Yeah, but that's that's in, in um, Georgia, but that's not a heavily traveled road. Hmm. It's a great road. Um, and there are fatalities on it because, you know, there's there's just a thing where uh, motorcycle people especially uh, want to go on that thing and go as fast as they can down it. I've been on it and driven it, and it's a hell of a road. And I did it, and I had so much fun driving it, and I did it in a Hyundai. So, um... All right, one more guess, and I'm going to guess Arizona. No, it is I-95... Near Jacksonville, Florida, 21 deaths uh, on Labor Day weekend over the past 10 years. 20, uh, I-95, that's near Jacksonville, Florida. Hmm. Uh, Then uh, Arkansas, the Parks Highway, I-5 in Los Angeles with 15, uh, I-70 in Jackson County, Missouri, Um. One road that I traveled actually a lot, kind of interesting to me, uh, is US 219 between Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Uh, 12 deaths. And that is, a, a, it, it is a dangerous road. I've driven that road. I would drive it when I would go from Pittsburgh up to Lake Chautauqua. And there always seemed to be some kind of accident, something going on. On that road, and that uh, came in the middle of the pack with 12 deaths. And um, the last one on the list here, Stanislaus County State Road, California State Road 132, had 10 deaths. So, and the reason I do this is, number one, because uh, a little bit of nostalgia for that death count. And, And I don't know why, again, as I said, they don't do it anymore. It's a little strange to me that they don't. But because I think that's how you pound home to people. You know, it's like the crashed car that's in front of the high school that they parked there, right? I mean, you you know, you have this, you, you take that car that somebody got hurt in, somebody went through the windshield, you park it in front of the high school, and the kids walk by and see it, and hopefully it makes an impression on one of them or some of them that... Drinking and driving and speeding and driving when you are young. Well, anytime, but especially when you're young, is uh, just a ticket for disaster. All right, so we have uh, we have that in the books. And being as we have Nathan running around, we can uh, ask uh, have him ask the magic question. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, Nathan, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> Got to do it at least once for show. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we, we mix the time up a lot. Um, 
<laughs> it depends on what I'm uh, what I'm ex- uh, expounding on that day. Um, what am I driving this week? That's a very good question. That's why I, I asked. Think, yeah, that's that's. Uh, <laughs> let me. What see are you driving I, this week? Let me see if I can somehow bring this uh, bring this up on my screen here. I'm 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 playing with this, and I'm hoping that I'm not gonna throw us off the air or something crazy like that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try it because. That's what I do. I try things. Unfortunately, I can't open them on my end, so yeah, if you could share your screen can... there. Let's see if I can uh, bring it up here. Ah, oh, there we go. Can you see that? Nope, I just still see the garage behind you. Ah, okay. So, oh, you know what? It is. All right, one of these days i got to learn how to do this. Let's see. Well, let's why don't you go back. ahead and tell us what you're driving? Yeah, yeah. Why don't I do that? <laughs> That's why you're the producer, Nathan. <laughs> I know a lot of us I, listeners uh, are have... itching to hear about it. Yes. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I just forgot I was on the radio there for a second. <laughs> uh, Vincent, you're only doing this 30 year, 35 years, right? Um, I'm driving the 2023, I think it is. Uh, uh, I think it's 2023, but I'll look to make sure. Could be 2022. Bronco Raptor. Yes, it's a 2022. The Bronco Raptor. Now, Nathan, have you heard about the Bronco Raptor? The Bronco, yes. The Raptor, all I can think of is the pickup truck. Well, this is uh, this is the Bronco version. So it's like they got pickup. together and had an automotive baby. They have a little, it is exactly like a little automotive baby. It is, um, it is, uh, if you don't feel testosterone, matter of fact, I think that, that, that there's so much testosterone in this thing that if you're a woman, you drive it, you feel testosterone. It's incredible, uh, this, uh, truck. Uh, they take a Bronco which is one of the most popular trucks in America right now. And they add a turbocharged engine that pumps out about 418 horsepower out of a little 3-liter V6. Uh, They put all sorts of cool long-travel suspension stuff in it, shocks and, uh, you know, and um, adjustable suspension. Then... They put skid plates under it all so you don't rip it out. They put 37-inch tires on it. Yes, you heard me correctly. 37 inches of tire on this thing. Uh, big fender flares. A grill design with um, different than the other Broncos, so you can tell. Bunch of other stuff on it, too. And name plates all over the place that say it's a Raptor. And... With the Raptor pickup, they go for speed. With this one, it's more power to go over things. That's what it feels like. I mean, it's fast. Don't get me wrong. It's quick. But, but, it is, it seems like, and I haven't taken it off road yet. I'm going to do that later this afternoon. Uh, there is just a, um, an incredible amount of, of power and go over anything ability. You can take this thing up to the top of a mountain where the road ends. You can just keep going. Go all the way up wherever you want to go. And it's and it's a surprisingly enjoyable vehicle to drive. It's roomy inside. You know, I've driven the Jeep, the, the 392 Hemi Jeep which pushes out about 480 horsepower. And the Jeep is nice, but it's it's tight in there for a, a big guy like me. The Raptor doesn't have that problem. The Bronco doesn't have that problem. Um, there's more room to spread out. You don't feel as, as closed in. The top comes off. The doors come off. Uh, I'm... I'm I'm thinking that maybe if the weather gets nice uh, tomorrow, 
I'll take the doors off it and and drive it. Uh, but uh, I'm uh, uh, I'm very excited about it. Uh, it's a seventy six thousand dollar vehicle. As it as it sits with uh, you know a few uh, accessories in it, but it is um, if you're buying a toy, you know if if you're buying not a uh, work truck, but a a a toy that will make you happy, that will give you a feeling that you can go anywhere. That people, I can't tell you how many people last night stopped. I, you know, I went down to uh, watch the sunset down in Edmonds on Sunset Drive, which is so appropriately named. And, uh, you know, you, you'd have thought I brought down the Batmobile or something. I mean, guys were looking. Women were dragging their, their husbands, except for my friends John and Julie. They came over and they looked at it. And John now wants one. But people actually had their picture taken with it. I mean, it's, it's that kind of vehicle. It stands out. You don't miss this. Uh, you know, you don't miss it driving down the road. You don't miss it parked in a parking lot. You don't miss it anywhere. Everywhere you go with this vehicle, people look at it. It's a very look-at-me car. But it is, as I said, a ton of fun to uh, uh, to drive and to have for a week. I mean, I don't know that I would want to go out and buy one, especially because dealers are getting, I've heard, $50,000 over over sticker price. And this one's stickers at 76000 But it really, uh, as I said, it, it really just blows you away. How incredible. 74425 with destination and delivery. By the way, gas mileage, if you squeeze 13 out of this thing, consider it your lucky day. <laughs> I'm just saying. If you get 13 out of it, consider yourself. You better have own a gas station if you drive this thing because you're going to need one. It is not light on gas it is it it will eat gas you know like i said i mean you probably can get i haven't taken it on the on the course yet but i'm thinking you could probably if i goose it and work it right get maybe 15 on the highway but i don't think it's going to give me more than that and i can tell you it's not going to give me that when i get it up into the onto the mountain and start to play with it, but I'm uh, I'm going to take it down. I'm after the show. I'm going to go down to uh, Cars and Coffee in Shoreline, get myself a cup of coffee, and I have a car, so I'll go down to Cars and Coffee down to Shoreline and have it down have it down there for a little while. Go down and see my friends uh, down there and and look at what uh, Great Iron is down there this week. So that's that's what we're driving this week, the Ford Raptor. Let me tell you something. If you're a young buck and you got a lot of money, this is what you want sitting in your driveway. That's that's Uncle Vinny is telling you that. If you if you're one of them techie people and you got more money than you know what to do with, put yourself in one of these. Let me tell you something. It's a million times better than a Prius. Million times better than a Prius. <laughs> I tell you what we'll do. We'll take a real quick break here. We'll uh, punch up a little commercial for you, and then um, when we come back. We'll do the uh, history of uh, the work truck, and we'll uh, do a little, uh, we have a little special song this morning, special uh, cartoon for the work truck. It's Drive Time Radio right here on 1150 KKNW. Ever look inside a drop of gasoline? We do at Tidewater again and again splitting the tiniest of drops even smaller and smaller and smaller. Then we check the balance of molecules to learn all that science can learn. All to make Flying A the most advanced gasoline of today and for tomorrow. From other Tidewater research programs come new ways to bring your car a longer engine life. 
with lubricants designed to protect under all conditions in any climate. That's why Vidal motor oils are so widely used in 82 countries around the world. And Tidewater research also brings you greater safety with the remarkable new Flying A Safety Ride tire. First, with the revolutionary Dynapol tread. New Safety Ride tires take extreme punishment with an extra margin of safety. Watch. At 50 miles per hour, these Flying A tires on the left stop 39 feet safer than other premium tires. New gasolines developed in Tidewater laboratories have to prove themselves under the widest range of driving conditions. They're tested for winter driving high in the mountains, tested for summer heat out on the desert, tested for start and stop driving too, tested and tested to make sure Flying A gasoline puts more action in your car wherever you drive. This research is just part of Tidewater's one and a quarter billion dollar investment for your car. And here's where it all pays off for you. In finer products and better service at your Flying A dealer. Drive in at Tidewater's sign of quality, Flying A. Alternative Talk 1150, online at 1150kknw.com. They don't make gasoline commercials like that anymore, do they? Those were the old days, Flying A gas station. used to have a Flying A across the street from uh, where my dad's gas station was on Northern Boulevard in 71st Street. There was a Flying A, and it changed to uh, Flying A was bought out by Getty, uh, of the J. Paul Getty family. And uh, they changed all the gas, uh, the gas stations to uh, Getty. And then, I don't know how many years ago, Getty sold to Luke Oil. And Luke Oil, which is a Russian company, I don't know if you uh, paid attention to the news, but uh, the head of Luke Oil took a flying leap out of a hospital window uh, this past week. So... He, uh, I, I, he, you know, it's strange. He went in for a heart, he had a heart problem, and he wound up jumping out of, jumping out of, well, they said he jumped out a window. I don't know, he landed like 25 feet further than if he jumped. But I'm not saying nothing, I'm just saying. All right, the work truck. What a beautiful thing the work truck is, ladies and gentlemen. Um, as we said earlier in the show, uh, the work truck, and we, we've paid tribute to the pickup truck, but the work truck expands this out a little bit. Now, the first truck was built uh, by the Daimler Corporation, which is Mercedes-Benz. Uh, they built it uh, back in, I believe, 1889 and built them, actually, um, designed them in Germany, but for many years, they were built in Astoria, Queens. Uh, the... Um, uh, Steinway Company, the makers of the pianos, uh, was partners with Mercedes-Benz. And uh, they came over, the Mercedes-Benz people, uh, Daimler and Maybach, they came over and um, distributed these trucks in the United States. And they had a little 12-horsepower engine that was in the back, and uh, it, it ran on a little pinion gear, and, it, you know, it was good for getting around town. And then they, they changed the design at some point and moved the engine up so that it, it was the first cab-over, um, cab-over engine design. And that was the popular truck in, uh, at the turn of the, uh, of the 19th century to the 20th century. As soon as American cars got going uh, and, and got things really uh, moving... Uh, both uh, the Dodge Brothers and Ford came out with um, trucks that were smaller, lighter, and could be used by people not just as a truck, but as a mode of transportation as well. They had three seats in them, and uh, you know you could take that truck and and the Ford actually had the little pickup bed on it, what was then the, the, the pickup bed, and uh, the Dodge had the, a little pickup, and then they had a, a little closed version. And that's what you got your milk out and everything like that. But the true work truck started, um, and by when I say a work truck, again, I want to define what it is. It's a, it's a truck that you um, 
used primarily for work, but you, I think the qualification for me is it has to be something that you also drive to and from work. Now, one of the things that Henry Ford did uh, when he was selling uh, his first Fords is he put a tow crane on the back of some of his trucks. And I have a great uh, photo uh, that I'll put up on Facebook of one of those Fords sitting in front of the Ford dealership at South Lake Union. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a great-looking truck and, and a great-looking uh, thing, but, but with these vehicles, there needed to be some way of getting them back to a, a repair shop or a dealership, and Henry Ford says, I can do that. Took some of his trucks and turned them into tow trucks, and that's how the tow truck was born with, um, with uh, manly cranes, I believe, were, were the first cranes that were used in a, with a hand crank. And so... As the trucks evolved, you got into a situation where now you were, uh, you know, farmers and, and craftsmen and all kinds of people. This was their their office. You sat in the truck and you wrote out reports. You threw everything in the back. No fancy glitz. No nothing. Just the truck and you. But on Sunday, you washed it and you took the family out to the state fair to the amusement park, uh, on the hayride, wherever you were going, and as we said before, to church. And the work truck evolved. I mean, it had to be a truck that you could fit a couple of people in, but it also had to be decent on gas and good transportation and be able to haul a lot of things. At some point, somebody got an idea to put a camper shell in one, and that's when the camper was born. Nowadays, you see the... Mercedes Sprinter vans, you know, done up with uh, $100,000 beds and kitchens and camper uh, uh, slide-outs and everything. Pretty amazing what they do with that uh, delivery truck. But it's really a, a very cool thing to see. We have now gotten to the point where, you know, we have two types of people that buy trucks. And the cartoon this morning is going to illustrate that very nicely. As uh, you'll, you'll hear Tim Crosby sing about the people that buy their trucks and don't want to get a scratch on them. And the people that love when the truck has scratches because it means that they're working. So our cartoon this morning will be Tim Crosby. He is out of uh, Carbondale, I believe, Illinois. Dave Niehaus country, if I remember right. And uh, he sings about his work truck. Hey, work truck. There you go. How do you like that? <laughs> I'm telling you, we find songs for you all the time. As uh, Tim Crosby out of uh Carbondale, I guess it is. Uh, well, uh, let's see. Decatur, actually, Illinois, central Illinois, coal country, uh, work country, farm country, agribusiness country, the heart of America is where uh, Tim is from. And in going over stuff, and I didn't know much about him. I just had heard a little bit about him. Um, uh, and checking out his website, All Original Americana Black Dirt Music is what he calls it. He can be found on the internet at songwritertimcrosby.com. Uh, the name of that one is Work Truck. And I would suggest that you uh, that you go on his website and you listen to some of his music. It's really, you know, I, I, a regional guy uh, singing songs about getting his hands dirty, uh, his pickup truck, and, uh, and so much more. So that is our cartoon for this Saturday morning, thank you so much to uh, Tim for uh, that song, songwriter TimCrosby.com. Also want to quickly mention here before we go to the um, Drive Time Radio Road Test, my good friend George Jackson, if you are looking for promotional items for your business, uh, you want to get uh, the football schedule with your name on it. You want to get uh, anything that um, that will promote your business. Hats, uh, you know, uh, pens, 
whatever promotional items you need. My friend George Jackson, and I know George a long time, straight up guy, good prices. He'll get you the stuff right away uh, as quickly as he can. He's got everything. You can get him. He's on Facebook at George Jackson Promotions, or you can get him at uh, gjpromo.com. That's gjpromo.com. If you go to my page, uh, there's a link up there. He's been a supporter of this show uh, since the beginning. And uh, we really, um, you know, we hope that uh, if you need, uh, you know, if you have an event coming or you need something for your event, that uh, George will be the guy that you call and you talk to about it. A good guy and, uh, again, been a supporter of this radio program and internet program for many, many a day. Since the day I brought it back to radio. <sighs> good man, George. He's a good man. And he's also a good baseball fan, too, and a good uh, pit fan. I don't know if you saw that uh, backyard brawl the other day. Uh, what was it Thursday night? But boy, what a what a what a way to open up the college football season. But we're not going to stop there. We're going to talk about quickly the Mariners and how they are rolling. I'm telling you, I've told you all season. I'm telling you now. Get ready for the playoffs. They're coming. I don't know how they're going to sit and everything. But when you go in and you beat up Cleveland like you did, and you beat up the White Sox like they did, you got something going. And I think that uh, Scott Service and his guys are, uh, I don't know if they're a World Series team. You got to get past the Astros. But boy, oh boy, they look good right now. So, again, just a, a bunch of... And just a bunch of cool guys. I mean, I had Cal Raleigh last night, a couple of home runs that he launched. They put the hat on him when he comes. They're having fun playing baseball. I hope you're having as much fun watching them as they are playing baseball because they, I mean, really, they are having a great time playing baseball. All right, time now for the uh, road test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ah, uh, you know, I gotta—I really got to change that at some point because I don't think I've driven, well, okay, if I go back a few years, maybe I've driven some ugly cars. But not lately. I mean, it's been a while since I've driven an ugly car. This week, we talk about 2022 Infiniti QX60 SUV. And it is uh, the Infiniti QX60 was um, a, a really uh, impressive car. I thought, you know, it's got a redesign. A couple of years. I think, I think this was actually the first year of 2022 was the first year. Uh, it, um, it it checked many of the boxes that you look for when you're buying uh, a mid-range, mid-size SUV. Now, I know the 2023s I just read last week are going to go up in price a little bit. But the 2022 was, you know, I always judge cars. Like I judge people, do they do what they say they're going to do? And the QX60 does what it advertises it's going to do. It wraps you in a modicum of luxury. I mean, it's not like you're getting into a, you know, um, a Mercedes or anything like that. Unless you look at a low-end Mercedes, I guess. But, I mean, it is... Uh, a very nice interior. First of all, it's a sharp-looking car. They put chrome accents on this thing around the body. Looks just fine. Not too gaudy. It has the look of elegance. has the little floating roof thing that I love about Infinity. And uh, 295 horsepower. Uh, they got rid of the CVT out of this out of the thing and put in the automatic six uh, nine speed excuse me automatic transmission. It's got the all wheel drive. It's got 20 inch wheels. It it rides like a dream. Uh, you put it into sport and it gives you a bit more of a connected ride. But if you're looking for a cruiser, if you're looking for something that's safe that you can put the kids in and you're not going to worry, 
this is it because one of the things it has is the Pro Pilot Assist, which you push a button on the dashboard and you get things like steering assist, speed limit assist, speed adjust by the route, intelligent cruise control, has all of the safety features. It stopped, you know, the braking, the automatic braking, and all of that stuff. It really, uh, the forward collision warning and lane departure, you know, all of the safety stuff, which you look for when you buy a car like this. When you buy that, you know, if you're going to go into that midsize SUV and you want to go to the luxury, you want to go a bit better than the Nissan, this is the car you're going to look at. Uh, it's it Now, listen, I'll make no mistake about it. It is a crowded field of vehicles. I mean, there are some really incredible vehicles um, in this class. Uh, but the uh, the sensory that uh, that I drove was uh, a, a very nice, very well-handling, very roomy, uh, very luxurious, and a very, um, you felt good driving this car for the whole family, not just you uh, as the driver, but getting into this car, the whole family feels good. It's roomy, it's comfortable, it's well-appointed. Uh, the model I drove um, was uh, 60745 bucks. 22 miles per gallon is what the EPA says uh, that it gets. And I have not seen a safety rating on it yet. So, and that, um, But if you're looking for something in that step-up, mid-size luxury category... The 2022 Infinity, and buy a 22 right now because they're going to go up a little bit for 2023. If you, if that's what you're looking for, that's the car you want to take a look at. All right, that's going to do it for another edition of Drive Time. I hope you enjoyed yourself today. Thanks so much to George, uh, to my sister, and to, uh, of course, my beautiful daughter who uh, is, you know, the light of my life. And of course, to Nathan, he's not the light of my life, but he's a heck of a good guy. And he adds so much to the show. Have a good week. Safe Labor Day. We'll see you next Saturday morning if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. Have a good one.